1: Welcome to the Tuesday, July twenty seventh edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast, sponsored by Dynasty Owner. I'm Joe Bartlett. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. And join alongside me is my co-host from last year, Jake Latarski. We're back. We're back and ready to do every Tuesday podcast moving forward. I'm excited.
3: Yeah, man, it is excellent to be back, of course, during the season. This is a waiver wire podcast, but uh, we're going to try to s- like search through all these different topics and maybe try to find some unique ones, some basic ones to kind of get us through this first month leading into what's going to be one of the more unique NFL seasons, I think, since either of us have started in this job due to the, the whole COVID thing. There's a lot that can change before then. We're already anticipating no preseason, so yeah, let's get to it.
1: Yeah, we're going to have plenty of our- work cut out for us when it comes to the pickup sections that we do when the season starts and hopefully there will be a season for the entire time. But until that point and kind of leading up, we're going to be going over a lot of different draft strategies, whether it be best ball, dynasty, keeper leagues. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about that. We focused last year during this time period about auction leagues. I feel like that's going to be probably a focus Mm -hmm. too, especially I heard in the rumor mill that the stake league, Red Wire stake league is happening again too. So I'm excited about that.
3: Oh yeah, we're definitely going to have some kind of uh, auction there. And yeah, we did talk about auction strategy a lot last year. If you really want to archive those podcasts a lot of those tips still hold true today I wanted to talk about dynasty strategy particularly first year dynasty strategy because both of us are are fresh off a big staff league we did and I know nobody cares about our fantasy team so we're not going to go too much into that but uh, we're going to try to apply those principles so they can help you and this normally isn't you know a dynasty centered podcast so hopefully in the back half we'll uh, talk about some players and 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 maybe throw some redraft notes in there too the first half will be more I I see this limited to uh, terminology explanation how to start one, why to start one, um, and then just some general positional observations that we've seen in our experience at Dynasty Leagues.
1: Yeah, Dynasty Leagues are some of my favorite ones altogether. I have a friends and family Dynasty League that probably needs to get a little bit revised uh, based off the circumstances and maybe a few owners dropping out. But we've done a few a few wire ones. I think I'm in four right now and actually going to be part of a fifth one starting up, and it works in conjunction with our sponsors, Dynasty Owner. Uh, I've been looking for a new challenge when it comes to Dynasty stuff, which is why I've been playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to dynastyownercom RotoWire. Leagues are forming now. That's dynastyownercom RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the winner just gets lucky. If you're like me and know you're better than the most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Again, go to dynastyownercom RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's dynastyowner.com slash Riddler, dynastyowner. Start your dynasty owner today. All right.
3: That's just perfect, isn't it? Uh, it is. Our it fits it right dynasty. there. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. Because yes. When we were thinking about trying to start up with this topic, you know, I looked around. You know, I always like to kind of monitor what some of the other podcasts are doing, you know, so we're not repeating things that have just been beat to death. And, you know, I looked through all the popular podcasts, especially the fantasy football ones. And I didn't see much on on dynasty strategy alone, let alone first year dynasty strategy. So uh, I'm glad to get going with that. And uh, I just want to mention a couple great supplemental pieces. Uh, you know, Mario Puig, He's he's really he's one of our, our excellent football writers. He specializes in Dynasty. He's got a Dynasty watch column on the website that he's been maintaining very consistently throughout the offseason. So if you want a deeper, deeper dive into Dynasty, I very much recommend reading him. He also maintains Dynasty rankings uh, for the website, so we'll refer to those a few times, our Dynasty rankings, uh, as we start to talk about players a little bit on the back half. And, of course, you can always get that stuff, rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial.
1: Yeah, and I'll also throw in, as somebody that does the Ask an Expert feature for the the site uh, i've seen a lot of people ask questions pertaining to rookies and where we value them we also have a rookie specific ranking section in our nfl's if, in our nfl portfolio so if you're looking for just the rookies and drafting them this year we do have those uh, updated as well so just keep in mind of that so all right we're 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 going to this dynasty format you let's pretend jake that you are a uh, first time person or first time dynasty owner or think about starting a dynasty league mm-hmm. Why is this format better than a traditional redraft
3: one? Because I know you have the answer to it. Mm-hmm. Well, it rewards it rewards good drafts, obviously, more than a redraft one, because you get to keep your guys an indefinite amount of time. I think this is a perfect place to start by kind of differentiating. You might have a keeper league, say, where you get to keep two guys from year to year, and if it's an auction, maybe you keep them at the price you had last year, and it and it gets reduced from your budget. Or if it's a snake draft, maybe you have to forfeit the, uh, the draft position that you had, and and, and there's it's a limited amount of keepers. There's usually a limited of time you can keep them. That's just your standard keeper league. When we talk dynasty leagues, we're talking you get to keep between 10, 15 players or even the entirety of your roster if you want, and you get to keep them indefinitely. So if you get a if you're the guy that is ahead of the whole field, on one of those $1 players or one of those late round flyers that turns into a stud, you're just putting yourself in excellent shape for dynasty formats for years and years to come. And then just the, of course the terminology thing, I want to I want to separate that from a Devi league, which will Go as far as letting you take college players and uh, and getting those guys on your team. So guys like Jonathan Taylor, uh, J.K. Dobbins, those players, those would already be off the board if you were doing a first-year dynasty league this season. So we're, we're going to try to focus on dynasty formats, keep players indefinitely, high amount of keepers, low penalty for keepers, and just NFL not going before college is yeah. kind of where we're shooting in. And yeah, so to go back to your question full circle, the big thing is uh, you have a good draft, you find the good sleepers, you're ahead of the field, you get to be rewarded for that Indefinitely. And that's what's great about Dynasty Yeah, it's, in my opinion. A,
1: it's a huge advantage to knowing what you know, or at least going with your gut and making the calls. So we'll go over it a little bit more, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, the first running back selected in this past draft, when RotoWare did their uh, first ever Dynasty draft, Mario selected him, I think, uh, in round six or seven or something like that. And right now, even look at just in a redraft format, his ADP value mm-hmm. is at the back end of the second round, early third round. So that's the type of value that you're talking about when you know your stuff and make the right call with some of these players. Mm-hmm. And that can happen in the, the Debbie sense or even in the keeper sense too, but dynasty in particular emphasizes emphasizes that value.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's totally a topic for another day, but I mean, his, his ADP, Edward Solaire specifically, is getting a little out of control in your standard league. So, uh, you know, we can discuss that another time. I think it's almost uh, leveled off because of the other promise of some of the other rookie running backs when we get to dynasties. But um so, Auction snake. I mean, you can do it both ways. We did a snake draft, a slow draft. It was a great way to pass time during the pandemic. I loved it. I loved it, man. (laughs) I I could queue up all my players, get to do deep dives on all these rookies, and you'd have, you know, a day sometimes between picks or at least six hours. You know, you just have your computer up on the side doing whatever the heck else you need to be doing for work or around the house and uh, check your guys. So I really enjoyed the snake slow draft, especially because it's a lot tougher to get. 12, 14 people together for the three-hour amount of time you need to do an auction. Um, a, this is a new concept that's not really popular in fantasy football yet, but I did a slow auction oh, for, uh, for, okay. for, an, for an MMA dynasty league, and this is totally off offbeat. From I, I won't go into the details of that, but basically you would nominate a player at the minimum price, and then like an eight-hour clock would start, and you would have that much time to upbid the owner. And if you upbid, it would go for another three hours, and then the clock would stop. At night, you know, between you know eleven o'clock and seven in the morning, or something like that, and then all the clock the clocks would start again. So, slow auction, I guess, is a possibility to look at uh, in if you're starting a new dynasty league this year. Generally, I prefer auctions over snakes because you have. Uh, you know, snakes like like. Listen, Jeff, were saying yesterday, snakes. You you have to play the hand that's dealt to you. Whereas auctions, you can go in and have your couple of players. I want to get two of these three players or something along those lines. But in, the, in this specific instance, I had a blast with the snake draft, and, and I don't see anything wrong with that.
1: There's levels of strategy when it comes to doing a snake draft, just redraft format, and then there's a different level of strategy for dynasty. Adding that additional layer when it comes to the auction format is something I like. And generally, it goes in conjunction with prices being bumped up or down throughout a year, too, which makes it less of a dynasty and more of a keeper, going back to what you're kind of mm-hmm. talking about, the focus point. But uh, Auto New is a different format that I like to use for dynasty. There's a RotoWare one currently that we have in the office and also an expert one where there's a few RotoWare guys involved in that. That's where I see the auction dynasty format come into play, but the aggressive uh, aggressive pri- price hikes make it more like it's a multi-year keeper format.
3: <laughs> so, so how does that do salaries then in an in out new league? So you
1: are you're, you're doing an auction bid on it, then every year afterwards uh you get bumped up five dollars mm-hmm. and you get an uh, an opportunity to price up an opposing player like Lamar Jackson uh was pretty low low priced last year somebody got him really early on he didn't really bump up in his second year and of course went off and had crazy mm-hmm. fancy stats well you could put up to $24 on that player across all 12 different owners in your league he got the maximum put on him got $24 bumped up yeah. That's, so, so, so the price The price hike is based a) in you. the year and also in the owners and in
3: comparison to the snake draft we're doing there's no you get to keep these guys indefinitely for right. as long as you want there's no draft penalty because basically every year we have a rookie slash free agent draft anybody that has hasn't been kept um, and any rookies from the upcoming class and we'll do the draft that way so like you know I I took uh, you know I took Derrick Henry in the first round I you know I'm I'm having second thoughts about that a little bit but I had him at 12 12 is a tough spot I don't have to give up my first round pick to keep Derrick Henry he's just mine for as long as as long as I want him and uh, and that's that so that's a difference in kind of how you do the rules there something to keep in mind
1: when you are starting up your dynasty league there are there are questions that are more or less answered when you are doing a dynasty format how your pick changes trading goes in your ensuing leagues is very important. So I'll give you an example of my friends and family dynasty league that I'm currently in. We are going to have to implement a rule this year because I'm just so much better and smarter than all my friends and family where you cannot trade your first round pick every single year. I've been taking advantage of that, getting guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, and actually Saquon Barkley as well from unsuspecting owners when I'm saying, hey, two years down the road, give me your first round pick because I'm already projecting out what's going to happen at the collegiate level.
3: Man, that's on them. I I would hate a rule. Like that
1: but. Well, I'm just saying you keep this in mind because I've heard about, especially in NBA dynasty leagues where you follow the NBA format, they can't trade their first round pick every other year, though that rule in particular is
3: very yeah. important. So, so you've got a, a group of people that you know you're going to go for it every year. Yes. Now, that's one big thing that when you're starting in your dynasty league, you have to decide, okay, am I going to go for it and be competitive in the first couple years or am I going to draft – Make a a surefire rule to draft all all type of young guys and um and and be competitive down the road, but consistently even if it, that means giving up you know the first couple of years of competitiveness like what what's your uh what's your thought process i guess when when deciding that
1: well it's interesting i mean or we you can let it
3: or you could wing it throughout I, the draft, but that's a little dangerous
1: i let the I let the board kind of play it out, especially when I'm doing these very first year drafts uh, so for example, our rode draft that we did I started out with George Kill and Tyreek kill I thought two guys. I, well, I should say I picked at number 14, so 14 out of 14 teams. This is my luck. We This is random, and I guarantee you every single time, if it's random, I will be picking in the back four picks every time because my luck is so bad. And this applies to everything in life, essentially, but certainly when it comes to fancy drafts. So I picked at the, the 14th spot. At the turn, I got George Kittle, Tyreek Hill. This draft, we didn't get a third-round reversal. That would have been great. I would have loved it a little bit more. Um, But I thought those guys, their value can be consistent whether I'm competing or not and will be Mm -hmm. consistent for a while. So keep that in mind. And, and of course, through those first 24 picks, 30 picks, you're probably getting guys that have value regardless.
3: But that that goes back to your strategy Mm -hmm. standpoint. Well, and, I mean, you took guys that I I wrote down some guys later and for later in the show where guys, man, he's younger than I thought he was. You know, you get those types of things. And Kittle's definitely that at 26. Um, For me, you know, I never like to go into a draft thinking – I'm just going to try to draft young guys and be competitive down the road. I always want to be competitive within the first two years um, pretty much no matter what because, I don't know, unless you have the most loyal group of friends or loyal group of coworkers in the entire world here – Do you really know that the league's going to be intact five years from now? There's no way to know that. A couple guys could drop out, and that could shake up the whole dynamic of the league into something different. So, uh, just for your own sanity's sake, set yourself up to be competitive early, man. You want to have fun with this, so uh, you know, take some guys. And I I definitely, with my first round pick, you know, Derek Henry, um, that's not a pick that you would make if you were trying to set yourself up for down the road. I was I was dialing in on Lamar Jackson, but he got sniped right before me here. So that'll, that'll, that'll be a good segue into our next topic, I guess. I was going to talk
1: about this a, a little bit earlier, but you brought up Lamar Jackson. It's funny. We had done our very last podcast of the NFL season last year was – planning out what the first round of ADP would look like. Mm-hmm. And we had Lamar Jackson in that first 12. And I think a lot of people laugh at that or scoff at the idea. Mm-hmm. You look at the ADP currently, that's actually holding up pretty close. And certainly in a dynasty format, we had Mahomes go eight overall, Lamar Jackson go 11 overall in this RotoWire draft. I'm seeing similar things in the other uh, dynasty league that I'm I'm taking part in now. It's it's pretty crazy that this this Lamar Jackson hype has not won away, and I think if anything, it's more or less solidified with this off season.
3: Mm -hmm. So in standard redraft, uh, I'm going to come out and say this now because well, we'll refer to ADP a lot over the course of the season. I think the best ADP to use, especially if you can get recent numbers, is a 12 team NFFC ADP. Yes, because those are people drafting with uh, a a a decent amount of money at stake there. So I'm going to refer to uh, you know we, we. put all different kinds of ADP on our site, but I think that NFFC is the best by far. And uh, and to segue that in the quarterback talk, generally, I, I think in my opinion, and, and there's, you know, articles on this on the website, in my opinion, I think in dynasty formats, that that elite tier of quarterbacks actually gets bumped up to earlier in the first round than in a redraft because Lamar Jackson, his ADP is about 14.95 in the NFFC, 15. And that's just a standard redraft, right? Yep. NFFCs are, are, are single season. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes is so just a couple spots uh later than that and you know i'm i'm fine with that in general nffc actually has a little bit of favorable scoring for uh quarterbacks i believe but um in dynasty and it might just be unique to this specific year uh for for starting up a dynasty but you have two young players that we expect to be elite and battling for mvps for a decade to come And you don't get that every single year. A second or third year player, obviously, Mahomes got his record setting contract. Lamar Jackson, you know, as long as he can manage to stay healthy, he'll be in line for a contract like that as well. This is unique where, you know, normally the strategy in any redraft league is, you know, unless one of the top guys really, really slips, he can wait around till the end, kind of grab some middle tier guys, maybe find the breakout, you know, Mahomes or Jackson in eighth tenth round uh but in the dynasty league when you can secure a guy like that for a decade and remember you can especially in some of the formats we were referring to that are common you can keep them at no cost for the next 10 years if i can keep mahomes at no cost for the next 10 years you're you know he he'll be a top five fantasy point score raw points in probably at least eight of them eight or nine of them there's value in that so he gets bumped up to the first round and we definitely saw that in our draft he's number he was taken number eight uh in our draft and uh, lamar jackson was number 11 and when you look at the dynasty rankings on our website we rank mahomes six and lamar jackson number 10 so that's definitely ahead of adp in a redraft league i'd say quarterbacks in general you can reach for them a little more just because of the the longevity A running backs you know they got a couple years in their prime receivers probably stretched out receivers and tight ends stretched out a little bit longer. Uh, but quarterbacks have a lot more longevity than some of those other positions, especially when you get one of those young guys that's going to be in the same contract, the same team uh, for, for a, an extended period of time. There's yeah. huge value in that.
1: Yeah. And it's, it, I thought a couple different strategies played out, which I would imagine for most users getting into dynasty league format or drafting one this year are probably going to see it happen uh, across the league, too. This is a weird offseason. I understand that. But for the most part, there seems to be two directions. The Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are pretty obvious no-brainers. If you're going to take them, you're going to take them in the first round, early second round, and no one's going to argue about our quibble bob. But when it comes to literally any of the other quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Russell, uh, or I should say, uh, like even like a Baker Mayfield or, or Tua, there's a lot of young quarterbacks that I think have the... Yeah, they could, but thing going for them. And I, mm-hmm. and I I want to emphasize this for the listeners. There's a lot of different directions you can go with those types of young quarterbacks. My thought process was much different than yours. So I'll kind of go mm-hmm. over – well, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to you as to what yeah. you did with your quarterbacks first before I go to mine.
3: Yeah, so I, was, I just wanted to mention that the other line of thinking is you could say, well, maybe I don't necessarily like the young quarterbacks this year. Um, and outside of the top 20, you'll find guys like uh, – we have Aaron Rodgers, 18 among quarterbacks. He's 36 years old. Drew Brees is 41. Tom Brady – Forty-two. You could try to get one of those guys for next to nothing later in the draft because of how cheap they are, and then maybe target a quarterback in the next uh, in the next rookie draft the following year. So that's another potential strategy uh, you can use in, in that sense. So, so with me. Um, I had a tough time. I, I did I did a balance here. I, there was a run on quarterbacks kind of earlier than I would have expected in this draft. And I ended up taking Dak Prescott in the fifth round after I had already got two running backs, two wide receivers. And, and then I waited from that. I waited for quite a long time until the very end of the draft. I grabbed Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, who, I mean, I think there's nowhere to go but up for Darnold and Bridgewater. It's just kind of a, a space filler just in case maybe he surprises me with Carolina. Maybe Carolina gets the first overall pick in the draft next year. That's entirely possible here. So I grabbed a good guy earlier, Dak Prescott. I mean, uh, a young player. He we have him ranked uh, fourth actually on our dynasty rankings. He's only 26. He's going to get a deal, and as long as he stays in Dallas, um, behind you know, at least for the next few years, we can guarantee probably a good offensive line. And of course, he got the extension, so he's got a favorable environment here to uh, to continue to go. So uh, what, uh, did you?
1: Well, fourth among quarterbacks,
3: right? He wasn't yeah. fourth overall. Yeah, fourth among quarterbacks. I was like, You're wait right. a minute. Why? Yeah. Wow. we Wait, we might have to change have, some. No, things. we didn't do that because, like I said, <laughs> uh, like uh, Mahomes was number six and Jackson was number ten overall. Overall, so right? Those were one, two, one and then, and two, and then we put Murray. You know, twenty-two year old Kyler Murray going to run and gun with. Some nice new weapons there. He's number three uh, in in a dynasty ranking, and then uh and then we put Dak in there, and then uh, and Deshaun then Watson that, and Wilson. Yeah, around. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, uh, and and that's how that goes. So. Okay.
1: Well, the the reason I bring it up you want quarterback five, and it's interesting you took Prescott there. I've told a lot of people already, whether it be radio, podcast, otherwise, there's two spots right now in a redraft league. Again, not dynasty redraft, where I'm really struggling to figure out what to do. That fifth round is the first spot, and then around that seven or eight turn is the second spot. That's generally where I've been getting quarterback. So it felt like that's kind of the direction you ended up going with Dak Prescott. I don't really know what else to do. I'll go get my quarterback. The guy that seems to be in a pretty favorable spot. And he does. I mean, he's got CD Lamb right now too. Mike McCarthy for all the hate that both you and I definitely have towards him can field a passable passing offense with the guys he has.
3: Yeah, well, and part of it for me is, uh, you know, the guys leading up to Prescott, that's when Edwards Hilaire, uh, Jerry Judy, Mostert, Ruggs, Darren Waller, those guys all got taken right before Prescott. And the guys right after Prescott, I wasn't crazy about Le'Veon Bell, I guess Marquise Brown's okay, Joe Burrow, Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, uh, Mark Ingram. Like, those were the next guys to to come off the board there, or, you know, Robert Woods, Boyd. So I I wasn't crazy about what was uh, necessarily next up uh in that situation so that's what prompted me to take the 26 year old quarterback figured Dak will be you know pretty productive for a, the next seven or eight years at least, assuming he gets that extension. And uh, I, and then that's just one position I don't have to worry about. Uh, I don't have to worry about trying to grab one of these young guys in a rookie draft. I can devote it to the skill positions and, and just kind of move on from there.
1: Yeah, I I understand the thought process entirely. In fact, uh, Mari, who we keep talking about, but again, he is our, our resident dynasty expert and really does a lot of that coverage for us, really talked ad nauseum in his articles and his uh, his future articles that he's done about the dynasty series so far that the quarterback position is one that he's investing in heavily when he's doing the redraft. He actually took Kyler Murray third in the second round. I think it was pick number 22 overall if I'm doing the basic math right. So he went aggressively high in the quarterback too and and it's an interesting take. I went completely different direction. Here's here's kind of why. So Matt Ryan was my ninth round selection. I just talked about earlier. I have problems or what I want to do in that eighth, ninth round area overall. So that was my very first quarterback. That was the 12th quarterback overall. Matt Ryan probably... A guaranteed top seven scorer fantasy-wise this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's fair to say. Yeah, and you've got a couple years of utility out of him. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, Drew Brees, quarterback 21. I get it. He's like 57 years old. Super old, probably not playing much more than this year. He's 41.
3: Yeah, you got one year at best. See, the only thing you did there with yourself is now you're going to have a tough decision at quarterback every week.
1: Well, that's true, and I added on to that with Ben Roethlisberger, who was quarterback 29 in our road Roto- draft, and then I followed up finally with Jared Stidham, who I thought maybe was going to be starting, of course, Cam Newton signed with the he Patriots. might be one of your
3: cuts for yeah, uh, you know, waiver wire time. It was the
1: third-to-last pick of the draft. Why not mm-hmm. take a gamble on a guy
3: that could be a starter? And this was well before Cam Newton.
1: So. Yeah, we, we did this draft actually, what, a couple of weeks before the NFL draft itself, so we really had no idea where any of these players were going to end up mm-hmm. going. So that's, that's a different question in itself. I went with the older quarterback thought process and drafting those guys, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, A, because the value felt pretty uh, – really great. I mean Matt Ryan as quarterback 12 is fantastic if I wanted to compete in the next two to three years. The second reason, and this kind of goes why I took Drew Brees at quarterback 21, if there's an injury, especially this season – I can take advantage and trade away one of these guys that I might not have much value for, but certainly could for the people that might be starting, like DJ, for example, um, want Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason as four quarterbacks all back-to-back, and that was his starting four. Like, well, what happens if Gardner Minshew or, or, or Drew Locke don't do what they're supposed to do? Okay, Drew Brees makes a lot of sense
3: to be. Trade bait. So I mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like to do right. a lot of trade value like trade stuff, especially this season. You didn't we didn't stress it enough. Well, well one I, I'm not necessarily sure we do it for the trade reason because trading in fantasy football I've always found incredibly difficult. But I do want to go back to your original point uh, that having that depth this year is going to be more important more than ever. I mean DFS is going to be absolutely bonkers this <laughs> yes. year. You're going to have to check your lineups every single morning after inactives because someone. I forget what show was mentioning this, but if you walk into the stadium with the temperature, uh, you're not going to get to play. Unless you're the Marlins. Unless you're the Marlins, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we, can, we can talk about the different. There, time. there are quite a few Florida teams in the NFL, so maybe we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you walk in the stadium with the temperature, chances are you're going to be a late scratch. You'll end up on the inactive list, and you know if that happens to Matt Ryan or Drew Brees, you can just flip flop. And I have a little bit less, you know, flexibility in that situation because if that happens to Dak, then I'm going to be scrambling. Oh boy, do I use Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater this yeah. week? There was well, a
1: third. Oof. There was a third reason why I ended up going this direction, and and it's one I really want to focus on for dynasty purposes too. Mm -hmm. There are three to four first-round quarterbacks that come in every single year. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends are always going to have more value at the top, right? Like you look at mm-hmm. just a rookie draft this year. It's Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins. Then you probably go with any of the receivers, whether it be Judy, C.D. Lamb. You don't even work your way to Joe Burrow in a normal standard scoring setting mm-hmm. until probably pick seven or eight
3: overall. Yeah, he's your QB two for sure. And Joe Burrow is like league this year.
1: one of the more can't-miss quarterback prospects mm-hmm. prospects that we've seen in some time i get it that he only did one year but like this is a guy that most people think is legit and i think legit being top 15 fantasy scoring quarterback they're easy to get in a non-quarterback flex like or super flex kind mm-hmm. of thing
3: i see i don't know i'm looking at the class for next year trevor lawrence number one everyone gets that and then after that we go justin Fields, sam howell mikhail Cunningham, dylan gabriel i'm taking these from our debbie rankings on yes. the website here um i don't know maybe it's because i'm not as Deep, deep into college football, as John and Mario are, but not a whole lot there excites me besides the Lawrence. Oh, see, names. So I, I think we'll even see.
1: Justin Fields as number
3: three, right? We have him in our debut. Is he two? He's number two. I can't get excited about an Ohio uh, State. Okay, guy. well,
1: that's that's a different that's a different thing altogether. And of course, you who took Jonathan Taylor uh, at pick sixteen overall, wherever it was, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see where you might get the a little bit Big Ten bias. But what I'm saying is. You can normally find these quarterbacks, I think, pretty high, and there's always going to be a team that reaches for a first-round quarterback and therefore puts mm-hmm. the extensional value on those yeah. guys more than maybe they deserve. Mm-hmm. I think of like a Blaine Gabbert or, yeah. uh, you, boy, I'm thinking of the, the Bills quarterback, too, that flamed yeah. out that.
3: Yeah. E.J. Manuel, thank <laughs> no, you I got oh there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that pushes value down the rest of the draft board, which I definitely You can find those
1: quarterbacks one. later if mm-hmm. you are just doing a rookie draft or like what we are doing with Word yeah. incorporating some of the late late free agent guys.
3: Yeah. And of course you always have to adjust your strategy on, on the draft board. And that's where, that's why I landed with Prescott just because I didn't like what else was there at the time. So, and and I went through that. So uh, that's enough about quarterbacks. Um, You know, I have some thoughts on running back wide receiver balance and, and I think I go against the conventional wisdom in that, um, uh, you know, we definitely want to discuss that. I think the general consensus line of thinking here is that wide receivers, you want to place a little bit more value on early because Because they're they're, safer, because they're safer. Exactly. Because their prime is going to extend five, six, seven years in the prime of a running back. You know, you're talking three, four years at best necessarily. So that's in my opinion, Situation. I like to go against the grain to probably take advantage of this line of thinking. I went running back, running back in my first two rounds because, like I said earlier at the start of the show, I want to go for it within these first couple of years, and getting some elite running backs is going to be key for that. And I I mean, My thoughts on Jonathan Taylor, I think he has tremendous first-year value and excellent long-term value as well. Behind that line in Indianapolis, yeah, there's Marlon Mack there, but I think the line, and he's just more talented than Marlon Mack.
1: Yeah, and Marlon Mack probably doesn't have his contract extended past this year. So while it might hurt you this year, I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor is probably – I wouldn't have taken him that early. Obviously, I had Mm -hmm. the opportunity to. Like when it's Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. oh, you take Jonathan Taylor. But even guys after – Aaron Jones, Travis Kelsey – Uh, A.J. Brown, Joe Mixon, Mm -hmm. those guys I I think – well, maybe not Aaron Jones, but at least Kelsey, A.J. Brown, and Mixon I have value to. But your point remains Mm -hmm. about kind of trying to get that guaranteed production out of the running back spot because – People take receiver because it's safer. I mean, that mm-hmm. it's easier to project long-term what a wide receiver is going to do mm-hmm. than a running back. This is yeah. facts.
3: Yeah, my, I mean, my big thing in the first round was I was between Derek Henry and Devontae Adams, right? And I ultimately selected Henry because of uh, the positional scarcity and, and the tier that he could be in and the upside uh, for early on. So I went running back, running back early to try to take advantage of two good guys. Henry, I believe, is up for extension is going to get it. He extension. got a contract He got, he got yep. his contract, you're right. Yep. So, you know, he's going to be good. So for the next three years, you know, basically through the end of Jonathan Taylor's rookie contracts, I've got RB1 and RB2 set, and I'm confident that these are top 10 running backs uh, indefinitely. And then in my opinion, I use most of my darts in the later round on uh, – on rookies, yeah, you know, I took some, uh, I, I, I stretched a little bit, but like, I feel like you can throw darts at rookie wide receivers a lot more than later, and maybe if if one or two out of your six hit, then you're then you're going to be a stud, and then you can always count, you can always target the rookies in your uh, wide receivers in your next year redraft so I went against the grain to get value at running back early and uh, kind of went quantity over quality with receivers And I know that's against the conventional line of thinking but I think there's room there's a margin of profit there here if, if you're kind of zigging when the other owners are zagging.
1: oh yeah I, I 100% and and I thought you were able to effectively do that you look at the rest of the teams that had two running backs Chris Liss who picked in the middle of the first round end up getting mixed in the second round and then Kenny Drake in the third round he's already won a record even this past podcast yesterday saying he didn't really like kenny drake all that much but at third round you have to go ahead and go that direction elvin kamara leonard fournette was the other uh, other combination of uh, three running backs or two running backs selected in the first three rounds i like the taylor derrick henry combo over that one and then Mm -hmm. saquon barkley austin Eckler. we did play ppr format in this RotoWire league That one makes more sense to focus on Austin Eckler. But, look, it's taken him three years to even be a guy that could be the main back for the Chargers. And, of course, that's a conversation for different days. So all being said, your zigging over zagging thing, I I think it ended up working out pretty well, even Mm -hmm. with Taylor maybe going a bit higher. And, again, we did this draft before we saw anything with the NFL draft
3: itself. Yeah, if you flash back to before the NFL draft, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, for most, was the number one You would rank before knowing anything about team Well, I think we were actually, right
1: away, we, we were the only ones that were really putting Taylor first.
3: Yeah. It was it was more
1: it was more DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. and you could even kind of work your way into a Cam Akers, which I saw Maurice Jones Drew stupidly try to suggest he's better than Jonathan Taylor. That's baloney, I can tell you right now. Yeah. Now, it's not just the Madison bias. I can guarantee you that Jonathan Taylor's a better player. Mm-hmm. But w- w- I mean Taylor was close. I think a lot of people argue Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, 1A, 1B, one A, one B when the rookie receivers. Mm-hmm. I believe the same argument could have been made for the rookie running backs, Taylor, Dobbins, Swift. In that mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. I, I have to say all this because I took DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins in my third, fourth round turn because I was looking for those running backs, but I couldn't really go in my mind and say, hey, I need to go get a Derrick Henry in the first round. I need to go get mm-hmm. a Joe, uh, Joe Mix in the second round. Yeah.
3: It didn't work. Pick 12 just kind of stinks, you know?
1: Yes, you, it does. You, I know.
3: You, you don't – you. <laughs> The opportunity to get a sure thing at pick twelve or even pick fourteen, uh, you know, you, you have to inherently take on a little bit of risk in that because I mean, just the draft, it went McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook before the whole holdout thing we knew, Hopkins, Mahomes Chubb and Jacobs, I guess maybe you know once you get to nine ten, there's a little bit of risk to take on, and then Lamar Jackson, and then and then you're kind of stuck. Yes. You know So it's it's a rough spot to be in, but I think I made the most of it, and I'm pleased with it.
1: Yeah, and even in the the, the third round, fourth round reversal or, or uh, turn, I should say, that I ended up going with. You also have to factor in, are these guys going to be back when I'm picking? The answer was very clearly no. Mario outlined that he would have targeted either one of those players uh, at his pick in the fourth round. John, on the podcast, I think probably a month and a half ago when this draft was pretty fresh, also suggested that was where he was going to go to. So I made the correct call in picking these guys as early as I did. Now – Hindsight being what it is, I would much rather not have DeAndre Swift on this Lions team with Kerryon Johnson and really a lot of ineptness Mm -hmm. around the board, whether it be their head coach, their front office situation, their ownership. It's all kind of wonky. I I would not want DeAndre Swift on the
3: Lions, but DeAndre Swift, the player, love him a lot. Yeah, knowing team context now, I think I definitely put uh, Dobbins ahead of Swift.
1: Yes, yeah. And I actually made a case on my Fancy Bites podcast with Jerry Donabedean, who is a Ravens fan, so maybe he had some bias, that I think Dobbins could actually be the number one overall uh, mm-hmm. dynasty prospect of these rookies. For his mm-hmm. long term value, Mark Ingram's contract could be up as soon as next year. So, if you're talking about the starting running back for the Ravens,
3: well, we saw how good Ingram was last yeah. year. And we can't assume Ingram's going to be Frank Gore, you know, when it, when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: when there's only to, one Frank Gore. comes to
3: the Dynasty League. So, you got maybe a couple years of, of Ingram if he stays on that team. But again, it's being the number one running back on, on that Lamar Jackson team that has the highest run percentage and defenders have to devote that attention to Lamar Jackson, creating those running lids for the running back. Uh, I mean, that just, that just bodes amazingly well for that.
1: I want to double back to your point about what position you find important when drafting just real quick. Cause I, w- I want, to kind of tie this up with a nice bow. Mm-hmm. You you look at the value of the running backs that we had in this draft, and again, this might not be the same for your, your friends and family league if you're doing a dynasty one, but I got Latavius Murray and Giovanni Bernard in the 14th and 15th round. There's a lot of those types of guys. Tevin Coleman in the 14th round, uh, even like a Jalen Samuels who in a PPR league has some utility. You can get these veteran guys that maybe start for a week or two. And then that's it. You can cut them. You can get rid of them. You can use them for trade bait, anything like that pretty later on. So taking those risks, those gambles on the rookies in that middle tier, that fourth to 12th round, that's really not middle in most leagues, but Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's a reason to go ahead and do that. The other reason you're not going to be able to get these top prospects unless your team sucks, right? Like you, you're not going to be able to get the Jonathan Taylors Mm -hmm. next year, unless you were one of the worst teams in the league, or you're taking advantage of your friends like I do and trade for the first round picks. Mm -hmm. Those things are both hard to do. So I feel more comfortable saying I need to get the top running backs now because I will not be able to get them later on in drafts. I'm going to do good. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm going to do good in these fantasy leagues as opposed to the receivers.
3: An interesting point I want to make to build off what you just said. Say you're in a 12-team dynasty league and you win your league. You're looking at the 12th overall pick in your rookie free agent draft next year. You're looking at... Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Rigor, AJ Dillon, Zach Moss, um, you know T Higgins. Those are that. Those are the type of players you're looking at as a league winner right here. So you can't necessarily count on on you know that top talent here and you're you're taking on a huge degree of risk with any of them and this really. is an abnormally
1: deep draft i think mm-hmm. that you you would normally see those types of players who you listed off probably in that five to eight range in a 12 team league normally especially if you're not counting the quarterbacks but we've had a lot of utility from this draft in rookie formats all this to say again those stud running backs are going to be very very hard to acquire in a dynasty league early on because you're gonna to have to pick early on Mm -hmm. getting them right away in that draft feeling a little bit more comfort even if it means you get three to five years of production instead of a receiver that maybe gives you five to eight of guaranteed Mm -hmm. that's the focus i would rather make and i think Is a large mistake that people tend to do because they
3: just value the consistency a receiver can give you. Yeah, go against the grain. I value that a ton. I really love the receivers that I ended up with. You know, we can talk about some more of those guys uh, a little bit later on. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I'd like to to go, I think. I'd like to get to that first, but I, I want to read from our sponsors Fandraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with Fandraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like an actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display via projector or onto a large TV screen for the league to enjoy as well. It can be used fully online, and certainly that's going to be a valuable tool this year during everything COVID-related, and any number of league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform for traditional and auction-style drafts. Fantasy or fan, fan draft can also support IDPs, rookie-only draft keepers, and just about any sort of customization you might need for your league requirements. You can sign up for free uh, for free via FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the Pro account, make sure to use the promo code Rotopod15 to save 15 percent off of your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com and use promo code Rotopod15 to save 15% when you go to that pro account. I know I'm going to be using Fan draft this up season or off-season for our drafts and uh definitely something I'm going to be looking forward to 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 being able to use as a utility in this in these covid-related times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk a little bit more. You said the receivers, we kind of went over your team specific style uh, and strategies that you want for your quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but Overall, with this roto draft, again, no one wants to hear about your draft, but I think this is a good focal point and tool yeah. we can use to teaching others about the fantasy yeah. draft strategy. Yeah.
3: Let's touch on some non-rookies, and then maybe uh, we can each pick out a couple of rookies that we're looking at specific, maybe that fly a little bit under the radar here. I wanted to note at the beginning here, your top picks in a, in a dynasty format— exact same as a redraft here you know you got to go McCaffrey's 24 years old Saquon's 23 years old that's your one two and whatever your order of preference whatever you want to commit to for the next uh bunch of years you know those guys are in there but then you know I, I put some guys down here some veteran players that you know when I was looking and researching my uh, dynasty drafts uh it's just I wrote down players that are younger than I would think they are. You know, if if someone asked me, hey, how old is Amari Cooper? I, I'd probably say, you know, before the draft, i said, I don't know. He's got to be getting pretty close to 30. Nope, he's 26 years old. <laughs> um, I, I, he just seems like he's been around longer than, than, he, than his age would dictate. And Allen Robinson was another guy like that. He's 26. George Kittle, you did a great job with him at the turn. He's 26. Keenan he Allen pushes that a little bit. He's 28. But I think I think people can get a crazy bargain on Keenan Allen in a dynasty format like this because he's getting closer to thirty. I still see five years of utility. This is PPR. I, I believe our format yes. was. Yep. Um, so and he, yeah, he loses. He loses Philip Rivers and is looking at Tyrod Taylor, maybe at some point Herbert. Uh, but I think people are overreacting a little bit to the downgrade in quarterback play, and I still think this is a team that's going to have to score a lot of points to main, to continue to maintain competitiveness, and and that means a lot of passing opportunities. I actually ended up with both Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry in this league, and I've got them for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, if Herbert turns out to be the real deal, then I'm sitting pretty for a long time. But those are some players that some veteran players that, that stood out to me. Now, if you want a deeper dive on this. Uh, Mario goes through uh, second year wide receivers and just he goes through all these player tiers and does a, a super deep dive. But those are just a handful of players that uh, should be highlighted on your list because if you're using a regular, you know, ESPN, Yahoo Draft Room, Fantrax, whatever, what have you, CBS, um, you're going to get a generic list, right? Uh, and it's not going to necessarily be, be factored in for age or anything like that. So those are just a couple guys that came to mind for me that are, are younger than I would than I would think, and, I, and hopefully that's helpful for listeners.
1: Yeah, you hit on on most of the key ones. I think Tyreek Hill also factors into that. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, he's 25 years old. Yeah, uh, that, yeah that's pretty close. But the, the one that always gets brought up, and I get bamboozled every time I think about Ronald Jones, right? He's been in the league now two years. He's only 22 years old he joined yeah. he, he came in at 20 years old so uh, uh vaughn who is drafted this year potentially to end up being the starter for the buccaneers is older mm-hmm. than ryle jones and ryle jones has two years of NFL experience compared to what uh vaughn has so that's another guy that just kind of adds that list of oh yeah i i, I continue to forget that they are that young Mm -hmm. Uh, and that can make a big difference not just for the production but the growth right literally these are human bodies that are developing over time and trying to be more uh, at the NFL level you can assume the peak of a physical person is going to be in that 25 to 30 range instead of that early 20 Mm -hmm. on range so again factor that in when you're drafting your players as well you mentioned some like second year receivers or rookies Mm -hmm. overall that you like did you want to go into that list
3: yeah guys I love that um you know aren 't going to be as uh, these are also guys that won 't be as high on your standard cheat sheet um, you know that adp range are falling into fifth round some of them maybe a little bit later but dk Metcalf twenty two years old I think we all uh, i wasn 't quite sure of it coming into his rookie year I was like oh he 's the great physical specimen that 's going to get all the highlights at the combine, but is he really going to show it on the field? To me, he showed it enough on the field, and he's going to be uh, excellent for the foreseeable future. I love Kelvin Ridley. Uh, I mean, the, everyone the, does right yeah, now, yeah. Exactly. He's one of the hottest players. He's only 25 years old. Um, another guy that I wanted to list, uh, Michael Gallup, he's only 24 years old. He came in, I mean, he was one of the highest pedigrees or C pedigreed receivers of his class and i think people are starting to forget about him because of course dallas got cd lamb and they have amari cooper here but i think that this is there's going to be enough to go around um in that offense and 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 michael gallup uh also he's another player that he, i think there's only a year or two left on michael gallup's contract his contract
1: is up next year and with the cd lamb selection it's yeah. it and with the contracts that they have to mm-hmm. dole out plus dak prescott it's more than likely mm-hmm. that gallup is not going to be a cowboy pass yep. this year
3: yeah it's and I think you can actually take advantage of that because, again, a dynasty that you have to think you're in this for the long haul or at least to some degree, um, you know, if, if three, four years, two, three years, even Gallup could really elevate his game and become one of the top players in the NFL. So I think he's one you have to look at. And uh, I won't beat this one too hard, but. Don't forget about Michael Hardman, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the uh, John and Mario are the leaders of the Michael Hardman <laughs> yes. uh, fan club. But I, I would be uh, I'd be ashamed if I didn't if I went an entire Dynasty podcast without mentioning the 22 year old Nicole Hardman. Just because Sammy Watkins is there right now doesn't mean that
1: he'll be there next year when the Chiefs have to pay the Mahomes and Chris Jones contract. And oh, by the way, Hardman's only 22 years old, yeah. and will be going with arguably the greatest mm-hmm. quarterback we could yeah. see for some
3: time. Yeah, to me, it doesn't it doesn't have anything. To me, it, there's just Watkins doesn't have anything to do with hardman being useful i mean when you have that offense where you know Mahomes can can run with it they're going to have a decent running game and then you've got kelsey and hill to worry about mario and john illustrated this perfectly you're going to use so many of your defensive resources on those guys that hardman's going to get his deep looks and uh is going to continue to learn continue to progress he's he's an excellent dynasty target i want to i want to quick see where he went in ours uh seventh round pick uh in ours so uh uh, to ben, to Chris Benzie, an excellent pick there, so can't can't give enough love for this guy, especially in a dynasty format at 22 years old.
1: Yeah, Zine had actually a lot of great picks, and we you hear his name a lot because he does a lot of different drafts, whether it be baseball, football, everything else, and he always ends up being a good drafter. So his team, you look at that, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, that was the 1-2 running back combo. He also got DJ Moore, CeeDee Lamb, Christian Kirk, and Michael Harbin as his top four receivers. I liked that team. I liked that team from the beginning, and I, I don't know. like it's It only, only feels like it's gotten better throughout the offseason I do want to add two more names to that list and and maybe I'm patting myself on the back just a little bit but Curtis Samuel is going to be a four-year player he was really a three-year starter for the Panthers fourth year now uh he's only 23 he's gonna be turning 24 the start of this season the Panthers have thought about shopping him I'm not sure what his value is with Teddy Bridgewater but Curtis Curtis Samuel is going to be 24 Marquise Brown is the other one and I drafted him in the fifth round of our draft he just turned 23 going to be located with Lamar Jackson, who I think is going to be a quarterback uh, that changes the NFL landscape for the next 10 to 15 years. He only had 50, he had under 50 catches last year and almost had five or almost had 600 total yards. He was injured for most of the year. I think Marquise Brown is going to be the guy that only grows. Like if we're talking about Michael Harbin as a value, Maurice Brown or Maurice. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hollywood Brown, feels like he's an even better part of that equation. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely in on that here. Uh, so the next group of guys that I want to uh, I want to touch on are some of your deeper sleepers. And I think you hear this term maybe a little bit more in baseball, but you're kind of post-hype sleepers. Yeah, These are guys that I bet you I'm going to say some of these names and, and people out there are going to groan undoubtedly because they've all been burned by one of these guys in the past. Anthony Miller at 25 years old, he's one of them. Uh, Corey Davis at 25 years old. And John Ross at 24 years old. Every, I mean, if you've played in multiple fantasy leagues every year, there's a very good chance you've been burned by these guys at some point. But their price is so low in dynasty formats, you're getting, you know, if suddenly they decide to boom, you're getting a good stretch of guys for, for next to nothing. And uh, I, I think the upsides is too much to ignore those. Those are names I'm highlighting on my draft list. Maybe they just need a slight change in opportunity, a slight circumstance change, a Maybe it's as simple as staying healthy for a year, but all of those guys uh are, are very viable in dynasty formats. And if you discount them just because they've burned you, you're gonna miss out on guys like Devontae Parker or even Brashad Perriman in his run last year. Like, oh uh, yeah, Perriman's a good example mm- of that.
1: I, I'll throw one more in there and we we've only seen one year of him, the Cardinals definitely utilized him not the way you'd anticipate maybe it's just my madden love for him but andy isabella was a pretty high selection for the cardinals last season certainly has the speed to be capable uh threat and he was kind of compared to a better version of deshaun jackson which I think is an attractive thing to have for fantasy, whether it be standard scoring or PPR yep. that makes less of a difference. Now with Deandre Hopkins, I Christian say, your Kirk best
3: corner is covering Deandre Hopkins, right. which is perfect for the younger guy to come in.
1: Cardinals have to use in the right way, but you talked about Perriman as a great example. He really broke out during these last eight games and, and Devante Parker to some extent has now solidified his value after his run with the dolphins. Finally, I think Andy Isabella has that post-type sleep to him as well. Along with the names that you mentioned, Corey Davis, I thought was a, a pretty good category as well. And I, I keep, talking about the guys I drafted. There's a reason I drafted them. I took Corey Davis right after Curtis Samuel. It's because, well, if things work out the way that we all thought they would when they're going to be drafted, he's a super talented player. I don't think the offense works. I think it's going to be just A.J. Brown and just Derrick Henry. But just Mm -hmm. if the off chance Henry to get hurt, and I know that'd be horrible for you, uh, you're talking about a guy that they would have to pass. Like, I mean, there's, there's no other option. They would have to pass more. AJ Brown gets some of that utility. I think Corey Davis would get bumped up too.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that. I, I, Even with Ryan Tannehill, you know the quarterback situation maybe only being stable for a handful more years. Actually, they extended him too. I thought.
1: Yeah, but they did, but it was it was more like a two year extension. I think it ended up being billed as a five year. But you know how they
3: go. They four put those, year deal worth one hundred eighteen million. They put that money at the back end was where they can fully cut them. Guaranteed.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't it was know, like 62
3: a two. Two fully guaranteed. So. Yeah, it was just over those two years. Mm-hmm. He's gone.
1: I, I, this is this is an argument I've had in my my chats with my friends. Tannehill will not be the starting quarterback by of the Titans in twenty twenty two.
3: Well, they're gonna have to draft someone because the the depth <laughs> doesn't look uh, <laughs> doesn't look so great there. Yeah, dude.
1: especially after losing Marcus Mariota too. Not that he was a, a super value. Mm-hmm. I, I want to touch on real quick. Before the end of the show, is there any guys that you are are super in on buying right now from a dynasty perspective of these rookies or selling one or the other? Mm-hmm. I think we probably have time for at least two names each. Yeah, we
3: can we can name a couple. I'll start with one of the guys that I took in um, that I took in this draft that I was high on coming out of college, going into the draft, and I like in particular now. And um, I don't know if he's that far under the radar, but I think he's outside the general top five consensus. And that's Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. I love him, too. I love his, uh, I mean, just watching his USC film, his body looks NFL-ready. He looks like a player that, uh, you know, maybe won't crush you with speed, but is hey, it's serviceable enough, and he can go up and out-physical you uh, to get these balls. And uh, Phillip Rivers going to the Colts, I think that makes, uh, you know, an excellent combination here for Michael Pittman here. I think he'll jump in and be number two on the depth chart behind T.Y. Hilton. But uh, Pittman, to me, it gives me a uh, a Mike Williams kind of vibe, and uh, you know Philip Rivers down seven with the length of the field, he, <laughs> he, his uh, his um, yeah that that's kind of his mo. He's gonna throw those balls up to Pittman and. If they can build trust and chemistry early, um, you know that's a good one. And I know a lot of people are are concerned about rookies in general this year with less camp time, less contact, less preseason time. You know, there's been rumors about what's actually going to be reported regarding who's running with the ones, who's running with the twos, that kind of thing. But uh, Pittman was a guy that I liked his film coming out of the draft, and I like it even more now that we knew, know his destination.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good name to to talk about. And actually, uh, I, I've had this on the Ask an Expert feature a couple times. Who are some rookie receivers? Receivers you like, and I've kind of said none of them. I I don't feel great about any of those receivers really getting the connection with the quarterback that you'd anticipate. I mean, even in in normal seasons it's traditionally unexpected for a rookie receiver to do great things last year was the exception to the rule with so many of those guys doing well mm-hmm. this year with what you'd imagine to be and again we don't know for certain but i have to imagine there's gonna be less practice time less reps with the quarterback to rookie receiver ratio mm-hmm. going on that they're going to take a steep fall off the only rookie receiver that i really like with his adp right now and this is more of a redraft i think cd lamb and jerry judy long term have the talent mm-hmm. to do great things but Justin Jefferson with the Vikings behind Adam Thielen is the only guy that I really kind of like from a rookie receiver. And you look at his ADP right now in redraft and certainly in dynasty too, it's, it's in the point where I feel comfortable saying talent wise, Jefferson can do a lot, whether it be in the slot, whether it be outside. I think he has the speed to do a lot of different things for the defense. And you look at one wrong thing for Dalvin Cook, whether it be his holdout an injury, anything like that, that offense is almost entirely based off of passing, and Thielen can't get everything. Maybe the two tight ends do something, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. I don't know. I think Jefferson, Justin Jefferson – can be able to easily retain his value for years to come, so that's yeah. one of the names I like.
3: He's an interesting player, 140 ADP in the NFFC right now, currently on the reserve COVID list, which we
1: just yeah, it just happened two days ago too, mm-hmm. and that was like, oh great, yeah. this is the guy I'm talking about. This is mm-hmm. this is how it's going to go. I feel like anybody yeah. anybody I'm super excited about. So this here is it fun. is. Can,
3: can we throw some love to our Badgers and, and Quintez Seifert for dynasties? <laughs> you can get him as one of your last three picks in the draft, and um, when you talk about big physical body and and hands. And just uh, just his potential is through the roof. I think he's going to be able to find a way to be relevant in, in single redraft leagues over the next couple of seasons. Again, probably more of a purely dynasty play, and I'm not necessarily sure that outside of Wisconsin uh, he'll be taken in redraft leagues. But I think you got to throw him on your dynasty board as
1: well. You really dug to the bottom of the barrel. You're going to embarrass me here because the other name I was going to mention was Devin DuVernay. The receiver yep. for the like for him the himself. Ravens, and I mean, like we have him ranked rookie twenty four, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be good value. But you're like, here's the very bottom. I'm going to scrape it out with Quintez Cephas. Anyway, I had, I had
3: to throw my Badger love on. Yeah, here. okay. You know, I've spent the last five days moving residents in, in, <laughs> in Madison, and so sometimes part of me is like, okay, I'm going to lean on anchor what I know, and what I know also is that I like DuVernay, too. I think ah, we're all, we're all yes. Jerry John. Like all, all we're we're big. DeVernay fans here at Rotowire. I like his, uh, he's got that compact build that's perfect for the NFL and perfect for the Ravens when, you know, especially, you know, I'm speaking in generalizations here, but, you know, when teams are using short passes more than runs more often, DeVerney fits that mode ex- exactly. He'll take screens and, and make one cut and get upfield. And uh, I think there's, there's, he had big 106 catches,
1: that. 106 mm-hmm. catches last year. Yeah. And you don't get that kind of production, even if it's a one year sample, which essentially was mm-hmm. what he did. Like, I, you don't get that kind of production without. Up being a talented yep. player i would love if you said right now he's going to be the starting slot receiver for the ravens and, and bump out willie sneed i'd be like oh boy uh eighth ninth round selection that's how high yeah. i am and in a dynasty format you can get him even in rounds 12 yeah. and later like this
3: dynasty much less redraft so mm-hmm. i'm all in on him his catch rates exceptional just watch the texas film you can see the explosiveness there it's really easy
1: yeah okay all right so we have uh DeVerne, we have Asifus. we have uh oh wait, who, you also brought up oh i brought up justin jefferson and who's the other guy that you brought up as, as that you're buying on? Oh,
3: for, uh, for, for
1: receivers? For receivers, yeah. Pittman. Pittman, okay, yep. yeah. Is there any running back that you're selling? Like, I mean, we talked about all these positives. There's got to be a negative running back right now, right?
3: Yeah, I'm a little low on uh, Cam Akers just okay. because I think he's a guy. Um, and maybe in Dynasty he'll end up okay, but I think he's definitely outside of that top two tier of running backs. And I also – you know, you get that coach speak going on where Akers is going to, you know, take carries in 2020, you get so many of them. I think he's going to get, you know, we listen at the top of the depth chart right now, even on our website, and I... would I kind of disagree with that. I spe- I especially think that early he might get like the Daryl Henderson treatment last year. Mm. Remember when Henderson was yeah. saying, was moving up to like the fourth fifth round of draft boards and people people were just going insane about him, and then he was just used so sparingly. I think we start to we see that with Acres this year, where we get the Henderson Malcolm Brown show a little bit, especially Malcolm Brown in the red zone, maybe a little bit more, whereas Henderson would be more of the open field guy, and Acres kind of sifts off. Now again, we're talking dynasty, so. You got a couple more years to return value there, but uh, you know if you if you throw out year one and and have some uncertainty after that, like I don't know what do you, what do people think about Daryl Henderson this year? This could be what you're thinking about Cam Akers next year. So I'm a little low on him. If I you know if I don't get into that top tier of uh, you know Dobbins. And, to me, to me, it's Taylor, Dobbins, Clyde, Edwards, Lair, and, and Swift is creeping into that tier. You can probably put him in the t- in tier two, and then there's a pretty wide gap between Acres and tier three.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, and, and Swift is completely down. Like I have a tier one of Taylor. Clyde Edwards Slayer, Dobbins. Dobbins in Dynasty format, I think is even one, and then Taylor's one B, and then Edward Slayer's two yeah. out of that grip. But then the second tier is really just Akers and Swift, and that third tier is just a bunch of uh, mush in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and I want to bring this up because I really am not buying into Zach Moss. And I think I'm the only one in the Rodaware office that is comfortable saying this. So I guess I'll get it out there right now on the podcast here, as we have all you listeners ready to document me when I'm wrong. Of course. I- I I I have been on board with Devin Singletary yes. as a guy and I and he ended up proving it last year much to the chagrin of a lot of different people who thought he was going to be a failure. If Zach Moss is just going to be entered in as the Frank Gore light, I guess a 40-year younger version of Frank Gore, you're talking about maybe getting 300, 400 yards total, and Singletary ends up being a factor. Mm -hmm. Singletary is also the receiving back out of that group, much more than Moss. And yes, great. It's 5'9", 223 pounds. It's no Eddie Lacy, but certainly a bruiser. That works in Buffalo. I get it. I just think Singletary is far more talented, and you watch the tape from what Zach Moss did in college. I wasn't really convinced that he is anything more of a rumbling, bumbling, stumbling kind of guy, and much less of that is really needed in the run mm-hmm. in the running game in the NFL now. Derrick Henry is the exception to that rule, and God, I hope AJ Dillon is too. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if Zach Moss really fits what we're looking for in NFL in twenty twenty.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, and it's not necessarily Zach Moss hate, but. Devin Singletary loved. Average 5.1 yards per carry last year. Caught 29 of his 41 targets, so a pretty decent uh, catch rate. Uh, but he did have five drops, so there's always a little room for improvement there. And that's only across 12 games. So I love what I saw out of Singletary last year. I think he's going to continue to get better. I think this Bills team will get better. It's going to hinge on, on Josh Allen, of course, trying to having to improve that accuracy, which is no guarantee uh, as a whole because we want them to be in positions to run the ball. But, uh, but yeah, I think Devin Singletary, who it'll be on the second year of his rookie deal. I love him way more uh, for dynasty purposes and you'll pay the price for that too. But uh, yeah, for those same reasons, we're, we're agreeing too much. We're going to have to talk about some things too. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just
1: bring up all the Culver's bets that I won from last <laughs> yes, year and we can go exactly. ahead and get through I know. that. we didn't
3: even get to go to Vegas this year for me to pay those back. So I think they're gonna, those beers are going to earn interest.
1: Yeah. I'll just, I'll just push it off to next year. Hopefully we can, we can go ahead and enjoy that. Well, mm-hmm. that does it for us. I think on, on most of the topics, we kind of ran over the strategy, gave some names at the end that we love and don't love. Um, I, of course we're going to be going over all this stuff and again when it comes to the NFL season this is probably the podcast to listen to because we're going through all the free agent pickups, COVID changes a lot of things, the information might be different from one day from one hour to the next uh but you know we'll do the best we can and looking forward to kind of sticking this out and, and going through what's going to be a crazy NFL season with you, Jake.
3: Yeah, this is going to be a crazy year. Just a reminder, we'll have Jeff and a guest on tomorrow. John and Mario Thursday. Andrew Scott are back for the DFS show on Friday. Man, DFS is going to be so nuts this year. Uh, it's but, always uh, my
1: favorite listen. I, that's yeah. like, I I listen to all the Road podcasts, but what, what uh, Laird and, and company do mm-hmm. on that Friday podcast is always a good breakdown
3: for me. Yeah, and I know we went a little niche with this topic today, but uh, feel free to fire us off any topics on Twitter. Um, I feel like doing quarterback tiers, running back tiers, wide receiver. It's the same as every other podcast out there, and also that information can change a lot uh, in two weeks. So I thought we'd go with a little bit more strategy, general concept on this one. If you like it, if you hate it, let us know, and uh, and we're always really willing to work with the listeners. So yeah,
1: and I, I should say the RotoWire NFL magazine should be coming soon, right? I think you're getting word from up top that it's.
3: I know. I. There's only like there's less than five of us in the office right now, but I found <laughs> Pete and he tells me they're at the shipping company. We just got to go pick up boxes, so uh, hopefully we can get those in the mail for you guys pretty soon. If you subscribed and have one of those magazines,
1: Well, I was gonna say our offer still stands from last year too. You let us know send the receipt uh, of the app that you did last year, and that'll be mm-hmm. something that we can definitely find your find find to you if you
3: want. So, <laughs> so you mean uh, so, what, what you our, so so what I did last year yeah. is um I, if you rate and review the podcast. Yes. And send us a screenshot. I'll send the first 10 I get a magazine. Easy enough.
1: Yeah. All right. So that that will, of course, when we get the magazines in the office, and hopefully it'll be as soon as this week, that will start up, but we'll,
3: we'll have, update you next Tuesday. I have a digital version for Rotowire subscribers. Um, the only thing is that like, the print version was a little bit delayed this year because things were in limbo for a little bit. Right. But we got one out that's ready to go. And like I said, hopefully you made it through the show and are listening this long. But give us a rating and review. <laughs> I'll send you a magazine. DM me on Twitter, and, and I'll take care of
1: you. Excellent. You, you can follow at Roto-Jake, yeah, at Roto-Jake I was going to say. You can follow Jake at, at Roto-Jake and my, or my Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. Until next week, see you later.